You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. Very chilly outside, by the way. Very chilly. But I'm inside. We're all warm and toasty. Most of us, I would think, in your car, driving around or at home with your cup of coffee and your feet up, just trying to get through another day of this crazy world we live in. Um, a lot going on, by the way. L- really. Like, you know, sometimes you hear a sports talk show say, a lot going on. You'll be like, there's nothing going on. Like, you're just, it's hyperbole. No. Not today. Not for us. Really. Honestly, a lot going on. We got... Kyrie Irving, well, we don't have him because we won't have him because we don't know where he is. So we we won't have him. But we'll get into the Kyrie Irving story of, I mean, how about this? Just not showing up for work over and over and over. How about that? And, and it's like, why? We don't really even know why. It's personal issues. Now, before I even go off on that tangent, if it is something legitimate, then I'll step back and apologize. But it just, I mean, come on. I mean, you're upset about what happened in, in, in the nation's capital on Wednesday? We're all upset about what happened. You think it was easy to do the show on Thursday morning? No, it's not easy for anybody. But you're you're a professional, and you rise up, and you and you take care of your business. Again, we don't know, and we'll find out. I'm sure in the coming days what his issue is and when and if he returns. But you know, uh, again, I, I think the Knicks making the statement of we don't want any part of Kyrie if it doesn't is not uh, attached to Durant was a misstep. But you know what? Is it untrue? I mean, who needs this headache? Who, really, who needs this headache? And the Nets really have punted on the regular season. They don't They don't care at all about the regular season, right? You have certain teams that are all in. You have certain teams that do not give two you-know-whats about the regular season, and that's the Nets. And honestly, I, I feel badly for Steve Nash. First time ever as a head coach in the midst of a pandemic, and this is what you have to deal with, right? So we'll, we'll get into that. 800-919-3776. It's funny. I was talking to my producer, Ty who typically does a very nice job, although it's been very um, difficult with me, I, I find, for, for some unknown reason this week. But we'll bring him in. I mean, he's now a host on the station. He's a big deal on the station. He might think he's better than me, and maybe he is. So at 915, we'll bring him in. 800-919-3776. Where are you leading this morning? And I used the one word that just sends shivers down his back. I said potpourri. He said, oh, potpourri, potpourri. But you're going to get your potpourri. So the Knicks last night, and I was excited for the Knicks, and they came out, and they looked good, and, and then they didn't. And then they didn't. I mean, after a while, you watch the Knicks, and, and offensively, they are a challenged basketball team. And there's no two ways about it. So you don't shoot well, and you get crushed on the glass. But I, I don't know if you feel like this. And, and the Knicks didn't play well last night, and it was not easy to watch. Like, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it, at least. Like, I'm, I'm enjoying watching guys play. I'm enjoying watching Kevin Knox play. I'm enjoying watching the Knicks play basketball. It's not the same. You're going to go out there, give no effort, down by 36 in the third quarter. They're going to bottle flip on your sideline, and they're going to embarrass you as they go now party in your city. No. I mean, Oklahoma City, who is a team that's probably on a, a similar par of the Knicks, right? You say, we're better than OKC. I don't know that the Knicks are better than OKC. I, I, I really don't. R.J. Barrett, you'd like to see him shoot the basketball better. Randall continues to play. And listen, I'll admit when I'm wrong. I'm not I'm not afraid to do that. Randall was not good last year. Randall was one of the problems with the Knicks last year. Get the basketball down low, spin cycle, turn it over, team goes the other way. He's been he's been a transformed player. And that's why coaching is so important. And that's why coaching is so important. Because it's the same guy. It's the same player. So what's changed? The coach. So obviously this coach has challenged him and told him how things have to be, and he's risen to the challenge, and he's a completely different player. But watching the Knicks last night, you know, I, I, I don't hate it, which is a step in the right direction. 
and they have some pieces that I'm excited to watch play. Now, I think we're going to have to deal with this all year long where it's Toppin is hurt, Burks is hurt, Milikin is hurt. Like, you're going to see guys injured all year long. But the bottom line is you shoot 30, what they shoot, 35-ish percent, something like that. You shoot 30% from three, and you get hammered on the glass. You're not going to win a lot of games. And that's what you saw from the Knicks last night. This is, by the way, the super wild card weekend. Wild card weekend is no longer enough. We now need to call it super, oh, my God, it's super wild card weekend. It is good, though. I'll tell you. This really is good. You get three games today. You get three games tomorrow. It's wall-to-wall. And next weekend was traditionally the weekend that you looked at and said is the best weekend of football for the entire season. But this weekend with the extra game on Saturday and the extra game on Sunday are really good days. So what do we have today? Today we have Buffalo and Indianapolis. And nobody thinks the Colts are going to win this game, which gets me nervous. Because I love, I, I mean, against the spread even, I love Buffalo to cover the number, which is six and a half. But everybody loves it. And don't you get nervous when that's the case? Like when everybody's in love with one side of things, it makes you think, well, why? Everyone's right. Vegas is that wrong. So I, I don't know. I do like Buffalo in this game. Um, and when we find out, we should get actives and inactives when we're on the air in the 11 o'clock hour. So Diggs is questionable. Beasley's questionable. I think they'll play. But, I mean, really, we don't know for certain. So as we find that out in the 11 o'clock hour, uh, we will bring that to your attention. So it's Buffalo and Indy in game one. Game two is kind of an old staple. It's the Rams and the Seahawks, two teams that do not like each other. I imagine that's going to be a low-scoring affair. Um, when you look at, at the Rams, you don't know who's going to start a quarterback. I mean, it, it, and, and you don't know who you want to start a quarterback. Do you want a compromised Jared Goff coming off a broken thumb, coming off broken thumb surgery, or do you want this kid Wolford who, I mean, looked okay, at least is athletic, and did, did not look terrible last week. The Rams will win this game. And I think we all agree, the Rams will win this game if their defense shines and if they don't turn the football over. Like, they need to keep it a, a close-to-the-vest 16-13, 20-16 kind of a game. That's that's how the Rams win this game. And I think they can. I actually think that they will. I like the Rams to win this game. Now, we'll wait to see who the quarterback's going to be and the effectiveness. And that's a – like, if you bet on that game, you, you just don't know. Because you, you don't know if you're going to get Goff, and if you get Goff, what version of Goff you're going to get. If Jared Goff is, is healthy, and, and healthy, he's not going to be healthy. If Jared Goff is close to right with the way they run their offense and the way they stretch it out and the way they, they run the football seemingly effectively, that's a, it's a dangerous team, and their defense is so good, and they play Russell Wilson really well. So, I don't know. Uh, if he's decent, I like the Rams to win this game, and of course not something we're going to know before the game. So that's game two, and then game three tonight, and I don't know why. Maybe I'm missing something. There seems to be this like tremendous excitement about this game tonight, Tampa and Washington, and I for the life of me I can't figure it out. I don't, I don't think this is even going to be a competitive game. I I really don't. I don't think Washington's good. Uh, we've been here forever now. The NFC East stinks. Washington's not a good football team. Now I don't want to get into it, but if the Giants would be playing in this game, I give the Giants a better chance. If Alex Smith was healthy in this game, it sounds like you're going to get a, a big dose of, of is it Taylor Heineke? Is that the kid's name at quarterback in this game? Great. And I know you've heard for for years and years and years, and it's true, the way you get to Tom Brady is you you, you get to him with the front four, you drop back in coverage, and all right, listen, if Young and Sweat and Kerrigan and and those guys are able to dominate, yeah, give him a chance, but I I don't see that. I just don't, and I don't know how Washington moves the football. So unless Brady's awful, 
unless they can't figure out a way to move the ball at all. I don't know how Washington's scoring more than, I don't know, unless they turn them over. Short field, 13 points, maybe 16 points. I think Tampa comfortably comfortably wins that game. So that's that's today. Now what do we have tomorrow? Tomorrow, 1 o'clock. To me, of the six, it's the game of the weekend. It's Baltimore and it's Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee's a, a really good football team offensively. They're really bad defensively. And it kind of feels like Baltimore has hit their stride, right? Like, you, you talk to the, the experts. Oh, Baltimore is now, they're hitting their stride. And and it's all starting to come together. And you've got to be excited if you're if you're rooting for Baltimore because this is it. Well, I mean, they were, what, 14-2, and 15-1, and one, whatever it was last year? And they were the best team in football. And they, in the big moment, were terrible. Right, I mean, let's let's be honest about it. They were terrible. So th- this red hot streak for Baltimore comes with a, a win against Dallas, which is unimpressive. A win in Cleveland, which is a great game. A win against Jacksonville, the Giants, and Cincinnati. So I mean, it's a one, two, three, four, five game winning streak. But outside of a game against Cleveland, which you easily could have lost, I don't think any of these games are let let's send home and tell everyone how great we were. But it's a big game. I mean, for Lamar Jackson, he's zero two in the postseason. He's 0-2 at home in the postseason. He needs to win. And I, I, I don't know. It might have been Greeny. I, of course, love Greeny. But he was saying, you know who else didn't win a playoff game until he was like 27 years old? Peyton Manning. So if he doesn't win a playoff game this year, let's not exactly freak out. That That's what we're going to do. We're going to compare Lamar Jackson to Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning's first year in the league, they were like 1-15. in 15. So Peyton Manning, well, it's not apples to apples. Lamar Jackson, first year in the league, had a playoff game at home and was not good. Year two, playoff game at home, and was not good. So it's year three, and now we'll see. I mean, it's another – This I think there's pressure on Lamar Jackson in this game. I think I think Lamar Jackson and the Ravens need to win this game, and I think they can. I mean, that Tennessee defense is awful. So that's the first game you get tomorrow. Um, what's the middle game tomorrow? Hmm. I'm going to figure this out. Yeah, Bears-Saints. I knew I could figure that out, especially when the guys tell me. So Bears and, and Saints. Uh, I think this is going to be a closer game than, than many imagine. But then, listen, you'll watch it. It's the playoffs. I don't think there's a tremendous amount of excitement around this one. And I think there would have been around the night game, around Pittsburgh and Cleveland. But here's the thing around that one. And that is Cleveland's a mess, right? Their head coach is not going to be there. They're a mess as far as that's concerned. Does it not raise question? Pittsburgh with nothing to play for other than pride. Not playing their better players competed to the final minute last week against Cleveland, who absolutely had to win that game and did by two points, but that should not have been that close. So I really, I think Pittsburgh finds their way to to beat up on on Cleveland. But, I mean, who knows? I mean, I don't think there's any of these six games. Maybe the Bears Saints, maybe, but I wouldn't even be shocked. I mean, they played earlier in the year as a three-point game. Drew Brees just coming back off of, you know, major rib issues. We don't know what Alvin Kamara is going to be like. Michael Thomas is supposed to play, and we don't know what he's going to be like. So, yeah, I think New Orleans wins, but nothing would surprise you. But here's the beautiful thing. Is there anything better than six games of playoff football? I mean, really. I mean, isolated games, freezing cold outside. You don't even want to go outside. You don't have to go outside. 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 8 o'clock Saturday. 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 8 o'clock Sunday. It is absolutely sensational. You got the Knicks tomorrow night. You got the Rangers, the Islanders, the Devils starting in a couple days, and of course we have. And this might be, and we'll, we'll, we'll tease this. We'll get into it on the other side at 800-919-3776. Move over. Move over.
move over. We got to talk about the Mets. We got, uh, and here's the thing. And I said this to someone yesterday in, in the, the baseball community. I said, I don't even think the Mets fan realizes how great this guy is. And that's the truth. You know what? It's your team. You know what I don't want to do? I don't want to get into it now. We will get into it on the other side. So, as I promised Ty, and I think effectively so, we like to call this the potpourri. The potpourri is open. It's Kyrie Irving. It's the Knicks. It's the NFL. It'll be the Mets. There's a lot going on, guys. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. We have a ton. I mean, a ton going on in the world of sports, guys. 2021 sports-wise is a very, very busy year. Um, so we didn't even get into it yet, and let, let's do that. Yankees, they're stagnant. They wait and wait and wait on DJ LeMahieu, and you can feel you You feel it right now, right? The Yankees fan is, is stewing, and, well, we haven't done. This is not fair. This should be done. LeMahieu, Yankees, money, doesn't happen. Stanton, contract, right? The grumbly Yankees fan. And then you have the Mets fan that sits at their desk and puts their feet on it, arms behind their head, lights the cigar and says, yeah, that's right, <sighs> Francisco Lindor. And like I was saying moments ago, we'll bring Ty in for, for a moment, in a moment, is that you don't even realize how good he is. You know, when it's your team and you watch every game and you see the foibles or you see the greatness of the player, Right? Well, it's just the opposite when there's a guy on another team. You, you, you think he's good, but you don't get to see the the detail, the day-in, day-out greatness of what Francisco Lindor is. The Mets defensively, just defensively, at shortstop, have been hideous for the last God knows how many years. You now have the best defensive shortstop in baseball. And you say, what well, doesn't really matter? Look at how many unearned runs the Mets staff has given up over the last couple of years. That's going to change. It's going to change immediately. It's a terrific trade. Now, I think that it probably, I mean, well, i got to trade Jimenez. Okay, so you traded two guys that you'll probably never hear from in the majors, and if you do, it'll be years away, and I don't think they're going to be stars. You traded Ahmed Rosario, who is a, a fine Major League Baseball player, but moving on from him does nothing. And Jimenez, who you liked, who you think could have been your shortstop of the future, but you now have your shortstop of the future. So you really don't don't need him. And even if you say, well, it's a, it's a real piece to give away, you got potentially... The best shortstop in the world on this team right now. And in the past, I would have sat here and said, oh, God, is it going to be a one-year rental? What's this thing going to turn into? Now I'm worried about whether they sign him. I haven't even thought about that. I don't have to think about that. It's a done deal. They're going to keep him. They're going to keep Syndergaard. They're going to keep him. They're going to keep Conforto. There's no worry about spending money. There's no, how can we take this guy? And turn him into a player that we can rent for two years and then maybe pay him or not pay him or be creative. I don't need to be creative. I can be as uncreative as I want. I don't need to be Jackson Pollock. I can be the opposite. I can paint my numbers here and still put together a winning team. And you know what? That's what they're going to do. They recognize they have to build the farm system. They're going to add elite talent at the major league level. And this is going to be a team. This is no longer going to be a team that one out of every five years has a great season and gets into the postseason. It's not. This is going to be a team. This is going to be like the Yankees, where getting in and losing in the first round, you look at and say, that's the bare minimum. That's a disappointing season. All right, all that conversation, we'll bring in one of my favorite hosts on the station, the talented, the lovely, 
the entertaining Ty D. A butler. Uh, good morning, Ty. How are you? Good morning, Davido. How are you feeling today? Good? I'm feeling terrific. I know. I, it just, you know what, what pains me? The fact that I, I understand why you're optimistic as a Met fan, but this idea that you're now in the same sentence or the same environment as the Yankees is, is just flatly, it is so wrong. Just you enjoy, so, huh? just just enjoy what oh, you I'm have. Enjoy it. The the that the comparisons to the Yankees have started already. It's it's so cute, so adorable that you acquire one of the best players in baseball, who is obviously going to make your team better. But now you're already looking at the Yankees and and how well, some, there's going to be some changing of the guard. Let, let me. I I didn't. Did I say changing of the no, guard? Not not just you, but the Mets fans. I said nothing. The Yankees are a better team than the Mets right now. But I, but I will say this. You look at the Yankees as one of the... I mean, I look at the Yankees. I look at the Dodgers. I have looked at the Red Sox, although not right now, as the the crown jewels of baseball. These are the teams that do it right. These are the teams that every year, if they don't win the World Series, it's somewhat of a disappointment. Well, you know what? The Mets are going to start to get into that conversation. The Mets are going to be an every-year postseason team. I think that's going to happen right away. But you're also operating in this... In this space, that you're going to be the Mets until you're not. It's like the Browns. The Browns are in the playoffs. Everyone's no. high on Baker. Until you escape that, until you win something, you're the Browns. Until you win something, you're still the Mets. Haven't won a playoff game in six years. So let's get there first. Let's make the playoffs. I haven't won a playoff game in six years. You make. I mean, the, the, you're going to compare the Mets to the Browns. No, I'm not. I'm not saying they're you know one A one B. All I'm saying is certain teams like that is your personality. That is who you are until you prove otherwise. Not anymore. It's you not have to anymore. prove it. You, look, there's I, a new. Sh- I mean, we're, we we are. There's, there's a new, new sheriff in town. <laughs> I see what you're doing. I see oh, what you you're threatened. I see because Jake is as big a Yankees fan as anybody I know, and I bet you that Jake is sitting there like, you know what? He's right. This is a team that you have to contend with, and you're going to have to I deal with. It, and they're going to be there Listen, every single year. Look, and you, because you think you think you you're this Yankees elitist, you can't be honest about no, it. No, here's yourself. the thing, Dave. I can be honest. If you go to my Twitter, Ty D. Butler, a couple of days ago when this happened. I said it is absolutely on the table that the next World Series one here in New York could be by the Mets. Oh, I didn't say that. No, That's I you. said it. That's right. me being. But you said I can't be honest. I'm being honest. Yankee so then you do think the Mets are right there. I, I think they're right there. But this idea that you're like prematurely crowning them is insane. Well, Let I, them play I don't, a I don't game understand first. your point at all. They, they are talent-wise. They just added the best shortstop in baseball. And if not, number sure. two. And if, the worst-case scenario, number three. They added a legitimate starting Started. pitcher. And you're not seen done. for years and is a very, very good player. And, you're and not they're done. not done. Yep. They might add Springer. There's talks about Chris Bryant. I don't know if Arenado. I think he is, but is off the table. I don't expect Trevor Bauer, but it's not unforeseen. I mean, Liam Hendricks. There's Brad Hand. They're not done. So, yes, I will sit here and tell you that right now the Mets are one of those teams that has, and I expect to be good every single year. Now, let me bring in Jake Montgomery. Now, Jake, you are a passionate, huge Yankees fan. I am one of the biggest Yankee fans you'll ever meet. You would you would probably give up a, a toe for a Yankees championship. You think that's true? I mean, we've had our fair share, but, uh, yeah, I'd probably give up a toe or two. Two? M- multiple toes? Eight toes is all I need. So would you would you sooner give up a toe for the Giants to win a Super Bowl or the Yankees to win a World Series? Um, probably the Yankees World Series. Uh, that's your that's your number one. That's my number one. That you you're in love with the Yankees. Now with the Knicks, I'd give up all ten toes. No, you would not. I would just be walking. No, I wouldn't be walking with no toes. But I would you do can't anything. Can't walk with no toes. Yeah, I know. But I would do anything for a Knicks championship. 
So the Knicks winning a title is more important than the than the Yankees winning a title. I've seen Yankees World Series. I've seen Giants Super Bowls. Something like the Knicks winning a championship, I'm not sure if I'll see in my lifetime. You're going to see it. We're going to get there at some point. But let me get back to the Yankees and the Mets. Are the Mets there? Do you need to see it to believe it to prove that the Mets are there? Or in your mind, Mr. Yankee fan, you just said you'd give up a toe for a championship, so you are that Yankee guy. Are the Mets right there now? I truthfully think that the Mets are right there. Mm-hmm. So you get it, and you're not afraid to admit it. No, I'm not afraid to admit it. The thing that I don't understand, though, is I know Jimenez is a solid player, and everyone talks about his potential, and Rosario is a pretty decent player. But how come when the the Yankees want to make a trade, every GM is like, give us Glaber Torres? Am I missing something there? Listen, I, I think the Yankees could have made a deal for Lindor, but the Yankees are not in a position to, to make a trade for Lindor. Well, because you're going to sign DJ LeMay here. Oh, right? exactly. You don't have to give up any players. Ex- but you know exactly, what we should do? Baby. So just forget signing DJ. It does not matter because for the next 10 years, the Mets are going to win the World Series. They're going to go 10 in a row. They're going to go now, from not I mean, winning you, one you're to like, 86 you're like a petulant child. to winning in the next 10 years. You, you, let's you just really cancel are. the season. When let's I not, deal with my 14 and my 10-year-old, and I'm about to have a 14-year-old on Tuesday, by the way. And we're going to do a big birthday celebration during DCR on Tuesday. But you, that's what you're like. You're about like, to have a 14-year-old. It sounds kind of weird when you phrase it that way. Because it sounds like you're going to give birth to a 14-year-old. You really are. You're like a child. <laughs> like, honestly, dealing with you is, is like dealing with a child. Like, I've had great experience in dealing with my kids. And dealing with you is very similar. It depends on who you're asking. But you're this guy. You, you're threatened. You're 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 like a turtle. Your head is out. Ooh, we're the Yan- you're eating grass and leafy grass, and ooh, we're the Yankees, and look at us go, and nothing compares to us. And and then all of a sudden, you see out of the corner of your eye, you're like, oh my god, there's danger, and you just you you go into your shell. You got the arms in, you got the legs in, you got the head in, you got it all in, and you're just ooh, I'm my turtle in my shell. That's what you are. You're scared of the Mets. I'm really not scared of the Mets. Then why are you doing this? I- Nobody I, said the Yankees will be bad for the next 10 years. I, was, I said yeah. nothing negative about the Yankees. I said and you take po- it like that. I said something positive about your baseball team, but since I'm not coronating as, as them as the next big dynasty, now you're offended by that. Not let's offended. play the games. Let's play I don't the understand games. how you, know you can sit do? here and tell me. How you something. can sit here and tell me that you don't think the Mets are going to be a playoff team every year moving forward. I never said that. That's please. all I'm saying. But look, yes, that's correct. But let's do this. The Yankees next year going to the World Series, you meet us there. Let, we can do whatever friendly wager you want to do. Meet us there. That's all the talk. Let's stop it. Let's erase it. Just meet us in the World Series next okay. year. And well, then holla, the at Series. holla at your boy. Do that. Okay. I'd like to see you guys get to the World Series. It's been a minute. <laughs> it's been, you, been as a minute. you as a Mets fan, the audacity of you to, to say like that. See that. It's happen. been a minute. Come oh, on now. 14 last time the Yankees made the World Series? 12? <laughs> Come on now. Eight? I was 16. I know I know. Jake is there like, he's right. It's been a minute. Right, Jake? It's been a minute. Well, it has been a minute. It has been a minute. If it weren't for a baseball team blatantly cheating, then they would have won well, here, in, here in 17. Go. And here, maybe in 19. Oh, here. All right. Let me get Matt my violin. Here we go. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. So it's basically, I mean, one of the voices of the station, Ty, just, just chopping you down at the knees saying, stop it. I'm offended by that. Because, I don't know why you'd be offended. Well, listen, I hold Mr. Don LeGrecker in high regard. Mm-hmm. He is a tremendous talent. He's got the Rangers coming up. It shows you he's a dual threat. And for him to disparage me to you, like, if he wants to say that, why wouldn't he just text it to yeah, me? Yeah, I might have I just done something that he didn't want me to do. I don't know. But I, I, don't, I don't feel no, like I think we're. I you. think we, we love to be fully transparent at this station. He should have texted to me. 
Like if he's got I don't an think issue, he has the same relationship with you that he does. Yeah, but if he's going to talk about me, wouldn't you want to well, approach the person? Well, he gave it to me, so maybe I can now talk about you. Yeah, but I, I don't know. Or include me, like do a three-way chain. like Because that's usually what happens when oh, someone now you wants want to weigh way. in. You couldn't <laughs> handle the three-way <laughs> I'm not going to respond to that. But uh, usually when someone weighs in, they'll include me in the text. Just because it's a family. You know, you want to have the person you're oh, talking right. about. Listen, it's not like he wrote some edict and didn't send it to you. He just he disagrees with you, and I think most people out there disagree with you. That's unless fine. you're Unless you're like a, a nervous, and this is what you see. Like, you've been in your ivory tower forever. You're a Yankees fan. You've been up there. You've been looking down. You look at your, your kingdom, and and that's not that way anymore. You know now who the makes Mets me fan nervous? Is, you know who happened? makes me nervous? What makes you nervous? The Rays make me nervous because they beat us last year and they were in the ALCS. You know who you else know makes they're, me they're, nervous? Their best pit. I mean, I understand the Rays are a good organization, but how can they make you as nervous as they, they did yeah, last they year? Yeah, they lost their they best lost pitcher, Blake but Snell you still got to You still got to beat them. You know who else makes me nervous? Oh, the team that won the World Series, the Dodgers, who have the best player in baseball. That, these, and they should. These are the, the Dodgers teams are the best make, team in baseball. These are the teams that make me nervous. But you, you know, know what? And who this is doesn't what make me nervous? Your New York Mets. Meet us. I said it. I said it in the first segment or the second segment. Meet us there. I'm going to be in the World Series. I want you to meet me there. How how delicious would it be, by the way, if the Mets were there and the Yankees couldn't get there? I mean, it would would almost be the perfect world that we live in. How delicious would it be if the Yankees are there and the Mets don't even make the playoffs? Yankees should be there. Yankees better get there this year. They will. They will. I'm okay. confident. And the Yankees were going to get there last year, and the Yankees were going to get the year before. Well, we got cheated. Year, we got cheated. Year, Not last year. Hurt. 17 is always an excuse. It's always cheated. a problem. The Astros were cheating. Oh, here we go. Should have beat the Red Sox in 18, even though they were cheating. But, Dave, oh. can I just ask you a question? Yeah, I'd I love that. I think we kind of buried the lead here. You debuted the new morning show. We sure did. This past Monday. How did it go? Everyone wants to know. Oh, I mean, I think most probably already know that it went very well. I mean, the show is from 5 to 8. Uh, I woke up beautifully. I was a little tired. It stretches during the week, but I, I pushed through it, and it went well. I mean, we had Greeny on. We had Buster Olney on. We did NFL picks. We picked all six games, which was unprecedented and sensational. Uh, we had banter. It was it was terrific. Now, I'm going to be honest and say I was talking to Jake before the show. I said I'm concerned about what level of Dave Rothenberg we're getting today because he must be exhausted after going through this week. It's the first no. time he's ever done that. No. And 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 I I told him I'm concerned. We might have to talk a little bit more today than we usually do. So want. you thought I might have to give you the baton and you take it because you wouldn't have a fully functional Rothenberg. Yeah, you're, you you'd be struggling. All right, and after 54 minutes of airtime, you'd say? You sound compromised because you think the Mets are the Yankees. Oh, so it's, stop it's sleep it. deprivation. That, that's getting to your brain. Stop. You're a bad guy. No, I'm not sleep compromised. I feel great. The show went well. We had a lot of laughs, a lot of fun, a lot of, a lot of sports conversation, and it continues this Monday at 5 o'clock in the morning, 98.7 ESPN. You know what else I really like? We're the first word. Like, we are, across the nation, we're the first word. There, there is no... Real show that goes on that you get to hear that kind of analysis and hijinks and fun that goes on that that predates us that goes on before we do. And you know what made it so much better? It was the the, the first show, and you had to break down the Giants missing the playoffs for the eighth time in nine years. Yeah, so it was fantastic. Yeah, and such a Doug heartbreaking Peterson. fashion. Thanks, thanks to Doug Peterson. Thanks, thanks to, Doug to Peterson. you going six and ten. 
Oh, listen, the Giants did nothing to help themselves, but Doug Peterson is as close to an evil human being as it can. <laughs> I, mean, I think we've established that. I mean, what he, what he did, how he put his head on the pillow Sunday night and slept is... is I is, think he slept fine. Is, uh, he shouldn't. I think he, he slept honestly, like and I'm, I'm being sincere. He should not. After that stunt on, on Saturday, on he Sunday, really he should care. be embarrassed you with himself. You only care because it was the Giants who got He probably walked the into the house spot. and the kid's like, Dad, we don't even want to look at you. <laughs> like, that was... What he did was disgusting. You know what? And then to sit there and... I mean, Nate deserved the chance to, to to play, and I wanted to see what he could do. He was a puppet, and, man. Don't, I mean, don't please stop Peterson. it. He was he disgu- then you know what? They should have come out. Decision. Then they shouldn't have played him, Ty. But listen, I I agree with you. But the problem is, I can't see past your bias because had this been any other team, how about this? Had it been the Giants who were the beneficiary of this, you would have no qualms about it. We wouldn't see you. This That's passionate. not true. Yes, yes, it would. That's, That's not true. true. Even Peter, Stop. to his credit, and I've said not one negative thing about Washington. Even Peter, to his credit, said it felt a little weird winning the division like it that. Felt it felt weird. It was repulsive. It, it was felt Doug weird. Peter. If Doug, if I drive down the highway after the show. And Doug Peterson's car is on fire, and he's waving me down and says, help me, help me. I will pull over, I will see it's Doug Peterson, and I will get right back in my car and drive off. Well, if you had pulled over and helped them, you'd make the situation where you're not really good at that kind of stuff, so I think it would be it's a true. blessing in disguise. But I could give him a ride to, to safety. While his car is on fire. Yeah. Listen, if it had not have dealt with the Giants, you wouldn't have cared. I would have been. You're, of course, you're right. I wouldn't have been this level of annoyed. But if the if Dallas had beaten the Giants and Philadelphia would have done the same thing, my my level of hatred and anger would not be the same. But I would still be bothered by it. I don't you think can't so. Play I don't God it. like that. I don't believe you that. can't do it. It's embarrassing enough, Ty, that they rested healthy guys. That Alshon Jeffrey, Fletcher Cox, Miles Sanders were all healthy and capable of playing. It's embarrassing that they did that. Then on top of it, you're right there in a game. You're right there. Alex Smith is compromised. He is not capable of playing at a high level. All you need is one more touchdown. And you think to yourself, oh, my God, we are going to win this game. How can we not? Ty, they had the ball at the 34-yard line. They have a kicker who's made 60-yard kicks in the past. They punted it away. They punted it away. He basically (laughs) threw the game. Doug Peterson and Shoeless Joe have absolute similarities. They're the same guy at this point in my mind. Shoeless Joe, wow. He's Shoeless Joe. So you're you're disappointed and and outraged because the integrity of the game has been compromised. I thought it was disgusting. I thought what he did was he coached like he intentionally lost that game in my mind. But integrity of the game is, is what you would grab. Right, like that's the phrase you'd use. I think he ruined the integrity of the game, which is fascinating because we are—I don't know—three years removed from Yankee fans being all up in arms about the, the Astros having some malfunction as far as the integrity of the game is concerned. And what did you do? You called the Yankee fans babies. Get over it. It happened. So now you care about integrity of the game, but when baseball had that black mark, which came, which became the biggest story in three years, I didn't hear you crying about the integrity the, the, the of the game. The comparison is, is so horrendous. And all I'm going to say, I'm going to leave it at this. And so I understand stop. that you've been, you've been chambering that all week. It's and hypocrisy. You erupt it and you're all proud of yourself, and that's great. But I, I will say this. He will now forever be known as Shoeless Doug because Shoeless Joe Jackson and Shoeless Doug Peterson might be the same guy. 800-919-3776. You made me do this. I, that wasn't even my intent. I, I didn't want to talk about it. You forced, me, you forced me down this plank. I was like John Creese in Cobra Kai. Did you watch the third season yet? I haven't even started it. 
the series at all? No, I've been I've been consumed oh, what, what with the undoing, the undoing, Your Honor. Uh, I'm I'm watching other shows right now. I've I've got to catch you're myself. You're embarrassing up. yourself. I'm Get involved myself. with Cobra Kai. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. It feels like it's trending in the right direction, right? Nets are, we'll start with the NBA. Nets are trending up, obviously, despite what's going on with, with Kyrie Irving right now. They're trending up. Knicks are trending up. I mean, they're, they're what? They're five and four. They've played better basketball. They're not the laughing stock of the NBA right now. You're excited by some of the young players. So I think the Knicks, Leon Rose and Tom Thibodeau, put you in a better situation. I think the Knicks are trending up. You can confidently say that. Um, the Jets are, like, I, I mean, I get, you can't trend down, right? You're, you're coming off of Adam Gase, awful everything, 0-13. The Jets are, I think they're trending up, Todd, I, I, quickly. Like, you, you would agree with that, right? The Jets are trending up? Yeah, you can't be any worse than what you were last year. You right? can't trend down. The last two years. At worst case, you're going to stay stagnant, but you're not going to stay stagnant. Yeah. The Jets are trending up. So, all right, so that's three for three. Let's see if we can how far we can go here. The the Giants are trending up. I mean, six and ten, not what you were hoping for, and I think there are a lot of questions around Daniel Jones, but you, you can't deny the Giants are getting better. You like Joe Judge a lot. So I think the Giants are trending up. I think that's four for four. Uh, I don't know. Are the Yankees trending up? Are the Yankees what they've been? I think the Yankees are. I mean, let's, let's give them the benefit of the doubt, right? I think the Yankees are trending, worst case, treading water. So I'll give them a trending up. That's five for five. The Mets, it's, I mean, come on. It's clearly trending up. The Islanders, I, I mean, are the Islanders trending up? They're, they're really good. They went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Are they trending up from there? I, I don't know. They're a good team. I'll, I'll give them the benefit of that. I'll, I'll continue along. The Rangers are clearly trending up. The Devils, yeah, I mean, I think they're trending up as well. Are we, are we trending up with every single New York team? I, I think we might be. I mean, you and you look, the, the Mets... Who's the biggest trending up team in New York? Is it? It's the Mets, right? I think it has to be. Am I missing one tie? It's got to no, be. No, it has right? to. It has to be the Nets. You think the Nets? Because the Nets they're, are so. They're they, the, they, they've left such a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, the season, but they're right? the. They have the second best odds to win the title. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. But I just I, I can't get over what's going on with Kyrie Irving right now. He is he is not an easy guy. I mean, he's talented, and you saw it this week. I mean, he is a wonderfully talented player. Did he score like eighteen points in the first quarter the other day? But he's a handful. He isn't he. He's a handful to deal with, and this is why he's been all over the place. And and even though I didn't agree with it, this is why the Knicks came out and said we don't want Kyrie Irving as a standalone player. He's got to come with another superstar for us to engage in that. He's difficult. I mean, you you have really you've left your teammates and your coaches out to dry, right? Why not send them a, a full text of what's going on? We're now days in, and look, is there a chance that it's some kind of awful family emergency or situation? There is, and I think we'll all walk back what we've said. But but tell us, I heard Michael talking yesterday about how his mom passed away, and he left the room. And he called his boss at Yes, and he called the bosses here at ESPN and said, I'm not going to be coming to work for a couple days. I have to tend to my family stuff. Okay. So no one is telling Kyrie that he can't have personal stuff. But I think what we're saying is, tell us. Tell us what's going on. And he's doing a horrendous job in that right now. And I think at this point, you don't give him the benefit of the doubt. 
there are certain guys that get it and certain guys that don't, and he's a guy that, that doesn't get it thus far. Emmanuel and Flushing. Emmanuel, you're next up on 98.7. Good morning, Emmanuel. Hey, 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 um, hey, hi, Dave. How you doing? Emmanuel, you weren't you weren't re- nearly ready for the call. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm sorry. Okay, I, I accept your many apologies. Go ahead. Okay. Um. Um. Listen. Um. Listen. I. I. You're right about the teams are turning up. Knicks, Nets, and the rest of the teams. But I want to touch in about Kyrie Irving. Um. Um. I, look, I understand where Kyrie's going coming from, but I wish that he could have at least consulted the players and the coaches because there's and everybody was upset about what happened on Wednesday and even the day before we're done. That's all that's Jacob, I, I could not agree sure. with you anymore. That's all that's all I wanted. Just just tell me. Is this yeah. the reason? What's the reason? And you know what, honestly Emmanuel, if that's the reason, I mean everyone else is showing up to work. No one was pleased with what went on. I wasn't pleased with what went on. Yeah. I showed up to work. I know Ty's not pleased. He showed up for work. I'm sure you weren't pleased. I'm sure you showed up for work. So I mean, sometimes you have to you have to put your head down and show up and do what you have to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it kind of reminds me, I think after what happened to Arthur Sterling, I went to work after despite what happened to Arthur Sterling um, and Fernando Castile, and I went to work. Yes, I was upset, I was frustrated, but you know what? I gotta, I'm not gonna let that, you know, you know, affect my work and and the, and the people that I so that I work with. At the end of the day, you gotta be growing up because listen, we've been working when I mean while we have despite the systemic racism. So at some point, you gotta let that affect you, or you, or, or gonna motivate you. That's that's how I'm I, I agree with you. And and sometimes you have to put your big boy pants on. Thanks for the call and 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 go take care of business. Do you know what would happen if Kyrie Irving? Or anybody out there didn't go to work every time they were upset by something that happened in this country? Or something that disappointed you? Or something that left you heartbroken? Uh, you'd never go to work. No one would ever work. And you're letting your teammates down. And you're letting your coaching staff down. And the, you know what the answer is? We don't even know why he didn't show up. And he's still not showing up. So I don't know. I, 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 I don't like the way he handles himself. And I'll I'll be honest, and I'll say it. Let's go to uh, Cullum in the Bronx. Cullum, you're next up on ninety eight seven. Good morning, Dave. How are you doing? I'm good. So, well, what's your deal now? Some shows you're Cullum, other shows you're Dempsey. You, you have like split personalities. No, 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 no. I'm Cullum, but when I call certain shows, like Carlin's show, I'm not familiar with the producer. When I say the name Cullum, a lot of people don't understand my name and don't hear it correctly. They go, is it Colin? Is it Colomanin? And so it's much There are people that say, is it Colomanin? Colomanin? I've heard the the craziest things. But I think you universally need to know, and I think all the producers now know you fairly well enough, that Cullum, C-U-L-L-U-M, that's who I am. I'm Cullum. But that's not even, that's not how it's spelled, though. That's not even how it's spelled. Well, who cares how it's spelled? That's how it's pronounced. It's pronounced okay. Cullum. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're right, you're right. I would like you to make I'll a universal agree. change. I think, I think, because I heard the other I, day, I think you called I Carlin, and I hear Dempsey in the Bronx, I'm like, that's Cullum. Yes, you, you, you're right, you're right. I did try to say Cullum in the Bronx that day, and he the producer just didn't understand me, so I just went, and I said my full name, and he decided to choose the last name. You know what I mean? Mm. It was his option. Yeah, I'll blame the producer here. But I, I, I'm going to look at you to be a better leader by example moving forward. All right, I got you. Roger that completely. All right. What, what do you got, Cullum? 
Well, I wanted to talk to you about the Giants, and I've already made my peace with Gettleman and him staying. I'm all in on Joe Judge, 100%. But I would still like to, them to fire Jason Garrett. I doubt he's going to take a head coaching job, but we'll move on to that. But I think the two biggest things the Giants need to do is before free agency hits and before the draft even hits is I think Leonard Williams, you offer him an Olivier Vernon-level contract. You offer him, you know, five years, $85 million, You give him whatever guarantee because he is always healthy. But if he wants $20 million or $100 million annually. He's going to want it. He's gonna, million, and call him. First of all, I, I don't we'll know how want. much position of power you're in if you're the Giants. I mean, the guy just had 11 and a half sacks. He's a star player. You traded real assets for him. Uh, don't you have to give him five years and 95, five years and 100? Yeah, I'd, I'd move on from him, in my opinion, honestly. It's, I think there's other options out there. I think the Giants fans and other people would be okay if, you know, you brought in Yannick Ngakwe for $75 million. I think I think the coaching staff on the defensive side, if you give them talent, they will maximize the talent. I, I agree with you, and but I, I will tell you this. I, I mean, knowing Gettleman, the way we've learned to know him the first couple of years here with the Giants, that's his guy. He brought him in. He feels great about what he's done. I, they're not moving on from him. Leonard Williams will be a Giant. I think the Giants this season, with the addition of Joe Judge, has been quicker to move on from his guys. Like, it's very small. It was a very small move, but, like, they quickly got rid of uh, Corey Ballantyne and then traded for Isaac Yadam. I think he's realizing he's quick to say, okay, he's not our guy or this is not the move. I think there's more of a collective group than Dave Gettleman saying, these are my guys and I'm sticking to it. Because they've acknowledged the mistakes in 2018 and 2019. I think if mistakes happen, they are quicker to move on from it because Joe Judge is in his ear and it's more of a collective agreement. And the last thing I want to say, yeah. you've got to get Evan Ingram out of here. Got to get Evan Ingram out of here. I think they're going to draft a tight end. And thank, thanks for the phone call. I, I, again, you're going to you, then you're going to trade Evan Ingram. I mean, you had an opportunity to trade him at the deadline. You can't just let him go for nothing. You, you trade him. I wouldn't be horrified if they trade him for a third round pick. But I, I think they like him, and I think they think that when you add other weapons around, and he's not the guy because right now you look at this offense, he's the biggest playmaker you have. Slayton is, and I know that we're all excited. Oh, look what he got in the fifth round, and he's so great. Slayton's just a receiver. Shepard is probably better than average, but not great. Golden Tate is gone. So when you look at the Giants offensively, what do they have right now that you look at and say is above average? I think Evan Ingram is it. It's the only thing. And there's times where he's good and there's times where he stinks. But I think that they look at this and it's like, we're going to draft a receiver, a big-time receiver. We're going to sign a receiver in free agency. Maybe we'll bring in a tight end as well. And Barkley comes back and then Evan Ingram as well. You know, if Evan Ingram is your third option on the offense... That's a lot different, but I agree with you. He is massively disappointing, massively. And the fact that he's a pro bowler really is, it's, uh, it's comical. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. He's pompous. Listen, shut up, and I'll tell you the story. He's arrogant. Do you think there's a lot of things out there that I wouldn't be good at? And sometimes he's downright mean. I know you know what that's like, to be that uncomfortable, pimply-faced, not very popular kid. <laughs> but now it's your chance to prove him wrong. It's dumb. Call 800-919-3776 with your question, and let's stump Dave Rothenberg. You can try. I don't know that you'll have the success you're looking for. Stump Rothenberg brought to you by the law offices of one Andrew M. Cohen. 
All right. I'll give you all the Andrew M. Cohen information you need at the end of Stump Rothenberg. But we have some questions and answers to get to right now. Now, Ty, I'm told you are very active. You're playing in Stump Rothenberg this week? Yes, I will be taking part in segment two of, of the Stumpy. Okay, and I'm told that the one and only Jake Montgomery is also going to involve himself in, in Stump Rothenberg. I also correct, have Jake? a question for you today. That is correct. You you And that question is ready to go right now. It is ready whenever you want it. So at any point, I can turn to you for your question. That is correct. I'm not ready for you quite yet. So Sounds let's good. turn our attention first. And, of course, the phone lines are open and the nerves are at a high level. 800 919 Seven six. Let's go to Steve in Brooklyn. Steve, lead us off. Stump Rothenberg, ninety-eight seven, ESPN. Well, leading off again, Dave. Quite an honor here. Haven't I had my way with you so far, Steve? Oh, you have. I'm kind of your, uh, you know, your little punching bag here lately. So trying to trying to get you today. All right, we'll see if you can. One day you're going to get me, and maybe today's your day. All right. So you're a football guy. So we'll go with football, Dave. Yep. When Tom Brady takes the field later tonight. He'll become just the second non-kicker, 43-year-old, to start a playoff game. Who is the other? And I will say, George Blanda came in relief as a 43-year-old QB, but didn't start the 1970 AFC title game. So, so I'll give you that hint. It's not Blanda. <sighs> the Blanda played till he was old. So, like I said, Blanda kicked in the playoffs after 43 and did come in as a 43-year-old QB in the AFC title game in 1970, but he came in in relief. Um, I mean, Jerry Rice was old. You said non-kicker. Yep. <sighs> I mean, I wonder if Steve DeBerg could be that guy because Steve DeBerg played forever. And I know they... But he was on the Falcons at the end, and they had Chris Chandler. Give me the question again. So, so is it just the, the oldest player to ever play in a playoff game, non-kicker, aside from Tom Brady? Is that it? The oldest player to start. To start. He was a, he, he's the only other 43-year-old that's not a kicker to start a playoff game. Hmm. I, I, like a, I think like a Bruce Matthews. Um, this century. What'd you say? It did happen this century, I'll say that. Not like some old-timey... So it's a, two, it's a 2000 thing. 2000 and later. Yep. Yeah, I think you're going to get me here. Um, oh, boy. I mean, DeBerg is, I think, definitely retired before 2000. Warren Moon, I don't think, was playing in the 2000s. Uh, I I do not know the answer. It's going to be an absolute guess. All I can think of is DeBerg, and he's not going to be the answer. Blanda, I know, was played until he was like 48. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, just to, to save some... I mean, Jerry Rice? Uh, I mean, Rice played in the 2000s. DeBerg did not. So I'm going to go with Rice, but I don't think I'm right. So Steve DeBerg was the oldest player ever rostered in a Super Bowl. But the oldest player to start a playoff game at non-kicker, 43-year-old Ray Brown for the Redskins, 05. All right. That's 0-1. Not a bad question. Tif- difficult question. That's a, that's a serious level question. Ray that's Brown. where you earn your pinstripes, my friend. It's a good question. That's a serious question. He always question. brings it. Stephen Brooklyn is, is fantastic. Oh, we'll continue along here. That's 0-1. Let's go to Mike in Farmingdale. Mike, you're next up on Stump Rothenberg. Dave, what's going on, man? What's going on? How are you? 
I'm all right. How are you? Um, well, I'm 0-1, so not great. Yeah. Well, maybe 0-2. Maybe 1-1. Oh. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. College baseball. Oh, college baseball. I was hoping there'd be one today. Go ahead. What position did Tom Brady play? Is there more to the question? No. He, when he played college baseball, what position did he play? I have like a one in nine chance. Um, catcher? That your guess? Uh, I mean, I would say pitcher or catcher because those guys with arms are typically. I'll say catcher. You are correct. One and one. <laughs> I mean, do you see what we do there, Ty? How is that your first guess when you had no idea? Because I would say pitcher. Because quarterbacks are typically like Mahomes was a pitcher. I would say pitcher or catcher. I think he was drafted by the Expos, and I went with catcher. Why can't you just be wowed by my genius? All right, one and one. We move on. Why do you sound so dis? Like I get it wrong, and you're as happy as anyone can be. I get it right, and you're like, how could you possibly? I'm rooting for the quality of the segment. I don't think the quality changes whether or not the answer is correct. No, I just think that sometimes when you pull it out of your rear end to say, you know, to, to phrase it, uh, I, I just don't like it. I, I just question what your method is. Stop That's all it. I'll say. You, you know what? You're embarrassing yourself, and I'll tell you why. We're going to get to Ben and Bayside in a second. <laughs> because I get it wrong, and there's no, oh. Like, you, you think I'm looking them up. Call me out on it, and we'll stop the segment. <laughs> Otherwise, get out of my way, and let's continue. We continue at one and one. Ben and Bayside. Ben, you're next up on Stump Rothenberg. Good morning, Dave. How are you? Good morning, Ben. I, I'm, I'm okay. I don't I don't appreciate the accusatory um, ways of Ty Butler, but go ahead. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. appreciate that. Yes. Um, so there's been two wide receivers to win the Belitnikoff Award twice in their college career. Just was wondering if you can name one of the two. I'll give you the other one if you'd like, or I could wait and see if you get one of the two. The Belitnikoff Award in, in, in college football? Yes. Most Outstanding Wide Receiver yeah. Award. Um, named after Fred Belitnikoff. Um, hmm. I mean, we, we're going we're gonna to have to think back. So it's... so it's. I'd say that was a back-to-back. Pretty, pretty, pretty recently happened. I'll give you what happened after the 2005 season. Now, the Belitnikoff Award has not been around forever, I don't think. No, no, of course. It's, it's only been around for... since, like, the late 90s, I think. Yeah, mid-90s. Um, I mean, great receivers, Michael Crabtree, Larry Fitzgerald, Amari Cooper. So who won it? Devontae Smith must have won it. I think Jerry Judy won it. I mean, it's got to be like those big 12 receivers. I, I think maybe, I think Crabtree maybe did it twice. I, I'll go with him. Crabtree is correct. Crabtree. Nice. The one was the great Justin Blackman. The great, see, I was right about the big 12. There you go. Justin Blackman, also back to back. But the, the nice thing is there's not a big scope there. I think that award came out in the late 90s. All right, Ty, that's now two and one, I'm sure, much to your disappointment. We continue along. Let's go to Glenn in Huntington. Glenn, you're next up on Stump Rothenberg. 
morning, Dave. Have morning, another Glenn. wide receiver question for um, you. Okay. Cooks in Houston became the second receiver to catch a thousand yards for four teams. Who was the first? Oh, that's not a bad question. Um, Randy Moss play for four teams. Um, Brandon Marshall might have done it. Brandon Marshall, Giants, Jets, Broncos, Bears. I would go with Brandon Marshall. I think that's the answer. You got it right, but the wrong teams. He was on Miami when he did it. Oh, it doesn't matter. That's fine. That's fine. That's, boy, he played all over the place, huh? That's, uh, what is that, Ty? Three and one? Three and one, baby. There we go. That's right. Now I can feel the excitement in your voice. Let's go to our dear friend, Jake. Jake, at three and one, you'll lead us into break. We'll come back and get to more of Stump Roth. All right. Jake. Sounds good. How are you doing, Dave? I'm, uh, now I'm three in a row. I'm doing much better. All right. Let's see if you can Where go you four in go? a row. You're going to go baseball? No, I'm going to go with football since it's super wild card weekend. I don't like that, by the way. Wild card weekend is exciting enough. Well, now it's super. Unnecessary, but go ahead. All right, so there's been eight players in NFL history with 2,000 or more rushing yards in a single season. Mm -hmm. One of those eight was Derrick Henry, who just did it this season. Can you tell me the first player to ever achieve 2,000 or more rushing yards? I think it was O.J. Simpson. 73. 2,003 yards, 14 games, Buffalo Bills. Is that your final answer, sir? Yes. <laughs> well, he named almost all the stats of it, and that is correct. <laughs> so good job. And just for fun, how many of the eight can you name besides Henry and Simpson? Should we go chronologically? Um, if you want to. Eric Dickerson. That's number two. Now he did it in 16 games, and I believe he was 2,105 yeah. yards. O.J. Simpson is the only one to do it in not 16 games. The great Barry Sanders. That's three. I believe was 2,053 yards. That's that's correct as well. Wow. I have it on. I have it written down, but you have it on in your brain, which is incredible. I won't be able to tell you how many the, the rest of the guys ran. For that's me. fine. Can you just name the other four? I think that next up will be Terrell Davis. That is correct, and he had the most touchdowns out of any of them with 21 touchdowns. How many more do we have? We have three more. Davis did it in 98. Jamal Lewis also did it. That's number five. Chris Johnson, I believe, did it. <laughs> that is number six. The unbelievable off the ACL repair, Adrian Peterson did it. And that is number seven. And then, of course, one Derrick Henry. You are something else, Dave. You see what I just did? I just wowed you. You just, as always, you wowed me. Four and one. And we return to Stump Rothenberg with you and me on 98.7 ESPN. Where are we now, Ty? If, for those of you that are scoring at home, four, four and one. one. Four and one. So Come an 0 one start and a good question. And now four consecutive I'm just glad, right Dave, answers. we didn't start one and seven because that would have been bad. Uh, by the way, speaking of some Rothenberg and debts to be paid, um, you still owe me. You still owe me the, the hot chip challenge. Yeah, you have to come up with whatever the concoction food-wise is. Yeah. No, I'm going <laughs> to... I think I'm going to get... Now, if I give you a, a plate of hot wings, you have to eat the whole plate? All well, like... we, we, we capped it at six. Okay. So, yes. I think that, that's fair. That'll happen. 
I think that's fair. But so, we, I so, think we also agreed on us being in the same room together, which... It, well, absolutely. Of course. So we got to figure out a way to, you know, get the COVID testing in and go through protocol. Oh, I, I, I can't wait. Jake, uh, how excited are you to have him either eat, like, the spiciest wings known to man or, or the, the one-chip challenge or something like that? I'm excited. I mean, I, I personally love buffalo wings, but how hot are we talking? No, uh, we're ta- here, here's the goal. When I talk to the place to make them, I want them to say, just to let you know, Mr. Rothenberg, he'll probably have to wear gloves to be able to navigate with this wing. And I've got a little bit of an acid reflux issue, but I have to pay off the debt. I'll do it. <laughs> it's it's going to be a struggle you for the next You're going to wind up in the hospital. I'm gonna, if you pass, I'm going to feel terribly, by the way. If, like, if I know. die? I would feel awful about that if you died. If you all right, if you felt awful, I would I would have it so that my parents held the funeral on a Sunday at one o'clock. Would you attend? Well, as long as it's in like April, May, <laughs> during the football season. No, so you don't feel badly enough. Not that's you're right. I would not let a little bad. Now you've gone crazy. Let's continue along at four and one, and bring in Fran in Massapequa. Fran, you're next up on Stump Rothenberg. What's up, my man? Your level of, of your level of trivia knowledge has become just below the level of genius. You're amazing. And, and to, if you want to get Ty back, also throw a little something at him. Why don't you have him answer questions one no, segment, stop. one Sunday? Uh, Ty, he could not. He could not. I, I, I know he could. I but that's the way to get I mean, him back. I mean, it's a special skill that I have, and, and and very few have it. So I'll put it to good use, and, and I can't ask for that. Okay, my friend, my friend. All right, I'm going to try to get you. You're as tough as uh, eating rawhide. All right. What college team has the most NFL Hall of Famers? I repeat, what college football team has the most NFL Hall of Famers? Notre Dame. I'm like, come on, this is this is insane. I thought it, I thought it would be a tough question. Where do you get this wealth of knowledge? What do you want me to tell you? I mean, what are you looking for now? I I actually always thought that USC also had the same amount as Notre Dame. Maybe we can we can look that up. I, I think do believe I think Notre Dame has 13 and USC has 12. Oh really? All right, I thought it was 13, 13, but. But I'll double check. That's just, you know, off the top of the dome. Yeah. And then I think, uh, you know, Syracuse has a lot, too. Your your beloved Newhouse School. I think they have mm, eight, nine, something like that. I'm looking it up now, but I will will let you know when I. Yeah, let me know. I I thought USC had 13, but maybe they have 12. All right. So that's what, five and one? That's five and one, my friend. Okay, uh, let's continue along. The stress level is really very high right now. Dion in the car. Dion is on Stump Rothenberg. Hey, Dave, how are you? I'm good. It's good, good. I have an NFL question. Which NFL place kicker holds the record for the longest successful field goal kick? Now, it was always... Tom Dempsey when I was a kid. And I, I remember reading about Tom Dempsey, who had a, uh, a half foot and would, would kick straight on. And I believe won a game for the Saints. So it was always Tom Dempsey. But if memory serves correctly, Matt Prater outdid him by a yard and kicked a 64-yarder. So I will go Matt Prater 
Final answer. Dave, you are the man. You need to give me the um, Powerball and Mega Millions numbers because you are surely a genius. Oh, I appreciate it. The, the love heaped on me today is just... Well, Fran always brings it. You guys, I mean, get a room. Um, I mean, but I've had other people heaping tremendous amounts of love on me today, and I can't help that. So I've got the answer for you. The mm-hmm. schools with the most Hall of Famers tied for first place, Notre Dame and, and USC with 13. So but I was did, right about that. You were right, because usually we do one-part questions, so you were right. Okay. So what are we now, six and one? Six and one. Woo. All right, let's uh, let's go to Diego in Queens. Diego, you're on Stump Rothenberg. What's up, Dave? How are you? Good, Diego. How are you? Good, Diego. All right, I know you're having an amazing day, so I'm going to change the category to movie trivia. Oh, boy. You ready? I'm ready. All right. In the history of the Academy Awards, there has been nine male actors... That have won Best Male Actor in a Leading Role. Now, I'm not talking about Best Supporting Actor. I'm talking about Best Male Actor in a Leading Role. Out of the nine who have won it more than once, multiple winners, can you give me at least three? G- give me this again. The category is Best Male Actor in a Leading Role. Nine males have won it multiple times, in other, more than once. Can you name at least Three actors who have won it. So, more than all right. So, more than, uh, multiple times. So, l- let me ask you this now: Are any of these Go within ahead. the last thirty years? And, and I know you say it's giving help, but I, I mean, am yeah, I going yeah, back? Yeah, to the you, f- have, you have a couple. I have a couple. All right. Let me chime in here for if I can. Yeah. So, because we have the the multiple part question rule, I've allowed two. So just just give me two. Don't go three. Just give me two. Okay. All right, so I'm thinking Marlon Brando. Uh, and it's it's the lead actor? Yes. Best male actor in a leading role. There's a couple big names on there, so I, that's why I said it. Yeah, I, you, I mean... You're, you're too smart not to get it. I'm thinking of Jack... You say that, and I don't know. Jack Nicholson? Oh, God. It's an, it's not a bad question, to be honest. De Niro? Has he won? I don't know that I'm going to get this right. Uh, I'm going to... Now, Nicholson hey, definitely won for one. I, I know you're going to get this right. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. I know he won for. This is a good question. This could take me a long time, though, which stinks. That's a great movie. Yeah, and then I think he won for, for as good as it gets, but I don't know if he won beyond that. I don't know that I'm going to know the answer to this. Um, wait, wait, Dave, wait, wait, Dave, before you give up, wait, let me tell you Let me tell you that you you have that one correct. Th- it is so Jack Nicholson? one more. Yeah, Jack Nicholson is one of them, yes. All right. Um, mm, is Dustin Hoffman there? Because he won for Rain Man. All right, Dave, we need an answer. All right, listen, I, it's, it takes time for a question it's 11 like o'clock. This. Come on. It's not, fair to, it's not fair to rush me. Pacino? I think he won for Scent of a Woman. I, I, I'm going to... All right, if he's rushing me and I feel like this is unfair, I'm, I'm going to guess Marlon Brando as well. Dave, you, you are my idol. 
His idol. Wow, that's high praise. I mean, do you see what I do? That's how you know you've made it, when someone refers to you as their idol. That's right. And on that note, Ty, the butler, I believe 7-1, and one, Ty. 7-1, baby. The, and you started 0-1. Yeah. Let me put my feet up and give you the close to this segment. Stump Rothenberg brought to you by the law offices of Andrew M. Cohen. Whether the issue is simple or complex, if it's easy, if it's difficult, if it's matrimonial, if it's financial, it doesn't matter. You call the law office of Andrew M. Cohen. Why? Because he can help you achieve your needs through very careful legal planning. Call 516-877-0595 or visit amcohenlaw.com. I would tie, and I don't know if you have the answer, maybe you could look it up, like to know the other Academy Award winners that have won three or more. Because I'm getting a lot of texts right now. It's My wife multiple. is saying, is it, is it Tom Hanks? I'm getting, is it Al Pacino? Is it De Niro? It's it's multiple winners. I don't. I, he didn't say three or more. He said I thought multiple. it was three. Oh, it's multiple winners. Yeah. All right. So I, I, I was thinking three or more. So, okay. So there you go. So multiple. So there were nine multiple winners, and he wanted three of them. Yes. That's why I thought it was three or more. Okay. All right. So maybe maybe we could revisit that in the 11 o'clock hour. We can. I think I would think Dustin Hoffman, maybe. He is. He's on that list. Because he was, what, Rain Man? And what else did he win for? Uh, I'm looking at it. I know it wasn't my boy DiCaprio. He won, though. Kramer, Kramer versus Kramer. Kramer versus Kramer. Oh, outstanding. Denzel with Washington. Meryl as well. Denzel Washington. Uh huh. Robert De Niro. Jack Lemon. Jack Lemon. What a wonderful actor Jack Lemon was. Spencer Tracy. Okay. Walter if, I, if you mention Spencer, Spencer Tracy in front of my mom, she'll freak out. <laughs> loves, Spencer, loves him. Daniel Day-Lewis. Did he win for Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, Spencer Tracy? Uh, that is a question that I could have the answer to to in a moment. He probably uh, won for Boys Town and maybe Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Yes. Yes. Guess Who's Coming to Dinner is on that list. Okay. Um, And we left you at Daniel Day-Lewis and Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. There we go. It's a good question. That's a phenomenal question. It, and imagine it, he made you go nine deep. No, I, I couldn't have done it. I think you could have. I could not. It, you, you yelled at me for taking too long getting two or three. I'm saying if I had to go nine, technically you could have gotten it. You could have used your the strategy that you sometimes use when you don't know the answer to something and you just go to the booth. You, you know when people are, are turned on by a question? I'm getting texts from people all over the country. Nationally. now. Nationally, wow! Nationally, sincerely, nationally, is sweeping the nation. It is. It is. It's not a tri-state area thing. It is now sweeping the nation. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. R.J. Bell, you've been. You're, you're like the international man of mystery. Where you been? Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, all those good things. But you've been missing. You know, I, I find this fascinating. So I was on with Mr. Michael Kay, who right. hadn't been on, I think, since maybe mid-December. And it's like one week, or well, he's off a couple weeks. The other guy's off a week. The other guy's, and, and then, you know, literally the week of Christmas, I'm there. And, and then there's one week, no one emails me. So I figured, this, you know, no one's on the show, so I'm not there. They're like, where were you last week? It's like I'm the one that gets paid the least here. Let's guarantee that for a second. 
that should be there every week, but they all take off two weeks at a clip, Dave. I don't, well, I'm confused by listen, it. Listen, I can't speak for them. All I know is I took off no time. I was, for lack of a better term, pining for you, and you were nowhere to be found. You know, I, for some reason, it, let's do this. If it's a holiday and you're there, I'm there. If you're not there, I'm not there. But maybe let me know ahead of time. Fair enough. Now, here's the thing I'll say to you. You weren't there to guide me through my, my survivor pool existence. So it didn't How'd matter, though, RJ. It made no difference. I made it through all the way week 17. I got to be honest with you. That flabbergasts me because there were more upsets. I mean, if you think about it, there were two upsets of fourteen more than 14-point underdogs. And, Dave, this is you're going to want to write this down because this is going to make this more impressive. Think about this for a second is there had been three upsets of over 14-point underdogs in, like, 25 years. And then there were two of them within two weeks. But here, here's the reason that it didn't and you somehow, everybody And you out. somehow got through that. Yeah, but, but I only got through out of, out of good fortune because I would have taken the Rams against the Jets. I didn't have the Rams available against the Jets. So it wasn't it even an option matter. for Joe me. DiMaggio might have swung at a certain pitch if he was, and I know, 56 games, you did the 17. I did. So you you are wildly impressed that I got through 17 weeks. I mean, how many – well, let me ask you this. How many of the people started this and how many finished it? A lot finished, sadly. Uh, it started with 3,100 people and 89 okay. stood to the end. I mean, that's a bigger number than I would have guessed, but still, you you were in the top 3%, right? Yeah, absolutely. Now, is the offer I mean, still stand that you're going to buy us into the big one in Vegas next year? Now for sure, because, I mean, it, the, you're just – you're decent and you're fortunate. So, it, and we split – now, here's the thing. We buy in, I buy in for yeah. us, and we split the money. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. But, but – well, How much is that kind of payoff? Set. Say it again? How much is that kind of payoff when, when, when you have the big okay, one Okay, now, Vegas? here's the thing. In Vegas this year – they had two thousand in it, and the, I I don't remember the exact number, but I think it was less than thirty split it. So there were two million, and it was a thousand an entry. So, so you're looking at two million, million dollars of of pot. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah, it, 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 I'll tell you something. I was never a huge Survivor guy. Oh, it's this tremendously year, fun. That, yeah, that contest got more excitement here in Vegas than any of the contests. So next year, you and I are in as a duo, and you're going to foot the entry fee, and we're going to split the winnings. That's absolutely committed. Now, that's something you have to pay taxes on, I would imagine, though. Well, Dave, you know, it's one of those good problems, they call it. <laughs> My dad was an accountant. He, he always used to say, the more taxes you pay, the better things have been for you, right? That, well, you know, my grandfather, who, you know, just passed away about two years ago, you know, he was in his mid-90s. He grew up during the Depression. He was stormed the beaches of Normandy, as they say. And he was always kind of a pessimist, though, right? He'd be like, if you, if you gave him, you know, not a million, if you gave him 10000 and said, we're going to tax you, he goes, you can't win. You can't win. That was his saying. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll, ta I'll take the win and pay the tax. Exactly. Let, let's turn our attention. We have six games. I want to go through all of them. I want to get your expert opinion. Uh, why don't we just go kind of chronological order and start with the game at 1 o'clock today. Does that work for you? Perfect. Rotation order. 
And this is what we do. So you and I are on the same page. Um, by the way, before we get there, I have one question. No, I'm not going to ask you because you might disagree, and I don't want to hate you, and I like you too much to do that. No, go ahead. Let's hear it. Were you as – because I think you might not be, and it will bother me if you're not, disgusted in what Doug Peterson did last Sunday night as everyone else was, including myself? I was, and here's why. I believe the things that – I, I love analytics. I, You know, I mean – I'm a finance graduate from The Ohio State University. I'm a math guy. But there's a different breed of math guy I really don't like. And it's the kind of math guy who wants to abstract what he's calculating from humanity. Like, all you're doing with math is trying to figure out what's the mathematical best thing for people to do. But if you try to remove people from the equation, now you're in some fantasy world. And people care about winning. Like, when I think about the great coaches in history, right, Vince Lombardi, Bill Parcells I put on the list, Belichick makes the list, which one of them didn't care about winning? I mean, think about one of the greatest games in NFL history, in my opinion. And was I think that I'm week 17 40s. with the Giants and, and the Patriots, right? Exactly. Yep. And there was nothing to play for, in theory, for Coughlin. And there was something for Belichick, but Coughlin's team played as hard as he could, and I don't think they would have won the Super Bowl otherwise. And think about Parcells in the preseason. He used to be kill people in the preseason, you know, teams. And to me, I just don't – I get the whole idea of going from nine to six is worth a third-round pick. and that, But I think having a culture of winning is worth more than that. And he lost – I mean, I never seen anything like this. You know what I started calling him? Shoeless Doug Peterson because he's the closest <laughs> thing to Shoeless Joe Jackson we've ever seen. He lost the game on purpose, RJ. You can't convince me otherwise. And I'll be honest with you, that's what I always complain about when people say tanking. I think that's a, a loose use of language. To me, if a team is deciding to defer compensation to the future, let's say you, you, you trade your player for a pick, you, net net you think you're gaining, but it's just the time is different. But to, in this case, to lose on purpose, you don't, you're gaining a draft choice, but what are you trading? You're trading the integrity of the game. I, and if, plus, not being on TV, and plus, there's ways to, if you want to try to throw a game like that, there's ways to do it that's not so obvious. You know plays that are supposed to work. Maybe cold plays that aren't supposed to work. Now, we can debate if that's valid or not, but he put himself in the crosshairs in this case. It was amazing. I mean, he has a kicker who's made kicks from 60-plus. They're punting when he has a chance at a 53-yarder. They're, they're going for you it. you got to wonder if this came from above. Down, but it was just, that was egregious. What, what he did on Sunday. you got to wonder if egregious. it came from above, though. Uh, so, okay, then I'll, blame then, I'll, then I'll blame the owner. I'm not, I'm not saying that, that it has know. to be Peterson. That gets the blame, but somebody yeah. deserves the blame for what that was a disgusting display by Philadelphia. I agree. All right, Matt Barzell has uh, signed a three-year deal with the Islanders, so he was going absolutely nowhere. So that's good news for the Islanders. Uh, Kyle Schwarber inks a one-year deal with the Nationals at ten million dollars. So there's a lot going on. Cole Beasley and Stephon Diggs, and this is big for us, RJ. They're both going to play in this game, which kicks off at one o'clock for the Buffalo Bills. So- You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com.